you're looking crafty. You could make a raft out of pencils and foam. You sure looking happy. Hello. How's it going? It's it's pretty good. Um, and welcome to episode The World is Still on Fire. <laughs> I was trying to do something different and you were just like, not today, Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, episode The World Still on Fire, part two. <laughs> now I am going to look it up because now I'm curious because I no longer remember. Um, oh, and Instagram is trying to play me with all of their updates. I do not accept. I do not accept. Not a fan. I don't accept your mini mall option. Instagram. <clears throat> Nay, your strip mall bullshit. No, no. thank I know how to impulse purchase all by myself. <laughs> I can destroy my own budget. Thank you. I don't need Instagram's help, but Amazon is right there going, you need this. <laughs> I was like, you're right. <laughs> um, also, you just have to talk into your phone and it shows you things eventually. So because that's that creepy. It's so creepy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I the ginger beer just got straight up in the business. It really does. Depending on the ginger beer that you buy, it is very um, all up in your face. What did Never you get? Well, I had to show it to you. I know that no one else can see this, but everyone else will giggle. It's cock and bull extra ginger <laughs> ginger beer. I have had that, actually. You have it? I just saw it the other day, and I was like, oh, I must have this. And I think it's from the Midwest. I can't remember exactly if it's from Minnesota or from Michigan. I think it's from one of those. Um, anyways, but it's a Midwestern local brand. So yeah, that's first I'm having, I'm okay. having a, a mule, but not in a copper mug. Sorry, purists. Um, and I own copper mugs, real ones, not the fake ones. Thank you. And yet. Here I am with a giant mason jar because I'm classy and sexy. Thank uh -huh. you. <laughs> oh, and I have a really sexy wheeze going on right now from uh, doing a hit ride on Peloton. Wow, am I the whitest woman on earth? Can I just stop? Jeez. <laughs> I hate myself right now. I thought you were talking about the color balance in the video. And no, you're like, oh, I'm having a Moscow mule after doing a high intensity interval training on my Peloton. Yes. yes. And you know what the next step would have been? Is that this mason jar came from my wedding. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I served lemonade in them on the back of a truck. Oh, paper straws. Yay. Like, that's, that's the evolution of where I'm headed right now. So, um, I'm having a Moscow Mule with the Cock and Bowl Ginger Beer, which is such a great name. And, oh, and they even call out real sugar. Thank you. Thank you. I want diabetes the natural way. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what are you having? What's in your cup? So I am having, what am I having? This is a uh, beer from Big Grove, which I'm sure is shocking to absolutely nobody. Um your shareholder so <laughs> yeah I know I should be at this point um this is their double nod so they had a hazy IPA that they released I have no idea when called nod and one of my <clears throat> one of my friends thought that it was a really underrated hazy IPA I don't know why and he asked me well did you ever have it and I was like nope <laughs> so he's like see <laughs> their people just kind of skipped over it but he thought that the original nod was really good. And um, 
So then they made a double nod, which is a hazy double IPA. And what's really funny about the label is that it's got a picture of a hipster dude on it wearing a trucker hat. And then it's got arrows on the side showing the movement of the head to do a double nod. So you understand how to do it. Yes. So it, it says uh, double nod with the, um, the oh, you know, the, I don't know how you describe it but, or what it's called, but it's the, the pronunciation, like the, the letters. Yeah. No, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, someone is going to murder us later in the comments. <laughs> I hope so. I hope somebody tells me what it is. How to uh doesn't matter. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, it says verb one, lower and raise one's head slightly and briefly, especially in greeting, assent, or understanding, or to give someone a signal. Quote, upon tasting the beer, the brewer nodded his head in assent. Close quote. Mm-hmm. So do all this, but twice. Featuring Citra Mosaic and Galaxy Hops. And it is lovely. Excellent. Is it, you put it easy? Say that one more time. You, did you just put your can in a koozie? Oh, I sure did. So this was one of Pat's um, pandemic purchases is he actually bought a Yeti for tall boys. Smart. That's oh. a good purchase. I Because re- I can't use my Yeti or any of my other uh, closed koozies on tall boys. It's true. Yeah. And I, I previously, like when he asked me if I wanted this, I was like, yeah, maybe, whatever. I don't know. Um, and what I found is that oftentimes I don't actually want to drink a full tall boy or I want because I like the hazy IPAs or the IPAs that have a lot of floral odor, you know, aroma to them. I want to have them in a glass. But this is like carrying around a pre-chilled can all the time. So and of course, I because I am who I am uh, and I don't drink very much. I know you guys wouldn't know that from listening to the podcast, but in fact, I am not a volume drinker. No, she is not. So uh, what I'll do is I'll get a beer that I like and I'll have the amount of it that I want to, and then I'll put it back in the fridge. But having the Yeti means that, you know, if I feel like having it out for most of the day, because I'm eventually going to get through the whole can, it's good the whole time. So I was wrong. My husband was right. He has held on to that tightly <laughs> since he purchased it all my came out for this one i was like what <laughs> you know that's fair mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, knock yourself out um so well excellent I, I like that you're having a beer i'm having a a moscow mule an unconventional moscow mule mm-hmm. we can't like rage with old-fashioned nope. um also, now in the United States, it's time to get real comfortable drinking at home again. Yeah. You should feel comfortable the whole time, by the way. You shouldn't have tried to go out that much because here we are. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, hey, cheers to Iowa for a mask mandate. Just, oh. you know, eight months into a pandemic. That's cool. <laughs> Talk about, I mean, it's like a day late and 2,000 deaths short. Like, this wasn't, this didn't have to happen. And I certainly don't want to, you know, spend all of the podcast complaining about the Kim Reaper and what a horrible governor she has been throughout this whole situation. Um, But to have her do 
almost nothing, borderline nothing for so long and keep, and she actually like the day after the election talked about how, because people in Iowa voted for Republicans, that meant that the people of Iowa approved of everything the Republicans were not doing about the pandemic. And therefore she was going to change nothing. And then I am not shitting you five days. She issued a partial mask mandate. And then 36 hours after that, she went to the higher level of mandate because uh, it turns out that just because people might vote for you, it doesn't mean that they agree with every single thing that you're doing. And even if they liked all of the nothing you were doing, maybe that's still not the right thing to do. Maybe. Uh, I've heard a lot, and I've also been reading and talking with my coworkers, actually, a bunch about this, just that um, there's a big difference between conservative and Republican, and there needs, we keep putting them in the same Venn diagram circle, and there really needs to be some separation of that. And the same thing goes for, like, I think, if anything, we noticed that because Biden was elected president, but yet so many Republican senators are, you know, going into uh, this next session. So I think it's it's just interesting to me that so many people want it to be polarized, but the reality is it's very nuanced. There's a lot of gray area. And I think there's a lot of people who are, consider themselves conservative, maybe conservative and Republican, and they identify with the idea that science is real and that this is a real virus and that people need to protect others, not just themselves. Like that exists. It's real. So I feel like in the wake of all of this crazy, I'm starting to respect more groups again because I'm recognizing the nuance and that that gray area a little bit more. Unfortunately, it sounds like your governor didn't because she just thought everyone agreed with her because they voted Republican. <laughs> well, and I also, I think in the context of thinking about nuance, I also think that like, like Bill Burr said, on SNL, and I know it pissed off some white ladies, but white women are not standing up for their black sisters. They're not standing up for their Latinx and indigenous sisters. They voted in higher percentages for Donald Trump than they did in the previous election, which means that after everybody saw exactly who he was, white women were like, yes, please. I'll have more of that. And that's, uh, it's a really huge problem. Um, it's, it's a really huge problem. Well, um, I've, I know that we haven't recorded in a while, so like we're coming in hot right away on this, but um, I really do feel that it is now my, my job to approach and talk about this and the intensity of the racism within white women's circles. Yeah. That is like, as a white woman, I can only do so much for myself. All I can, but now I need to fucking do whatever I can to change the way other white women think. Okay. It's time. I have to make myself real uncomfortable real soon. Yep. yep. And I think, you know, it kind of dovetails into something that I had wanted to say on the podcast when we came back. You know, Miranda and I talk all the time. And we, um, you know, had a <clears throat> one time where we got together this fall after quarantining and everything, you know, we, we got to, we rented an Airbnb and got together, um, and just 
stayed in the Airbnb, <laughs> you know, like, and well, we did go to a, an outdoor garden and stuff, but like, um, you know, we have been really cloistered physically while we are still communicating, you know, by text and phone and stuff like that. And it's been really hard to think about podcasting during that time because everything felt really heavy. And I was spending a lot of my time um, text banking and phone banking, doing get out the vote stuff. Um, I know you were really involved in community activities, uh, you know, community building in Minneapolis. And while I love podcasting, it felt like there was so much work to be done that it was hard to come back to this. I still, I still crafted during that time. Um, but talking about it in a lighthearted manner, it's just, you don't want to be tone deaf. And on mm -hmm. top of that, like everyone is inundated with screen time right now. And that also means like in order to get to your podcast, you need to use screen time. Um, in order to get to all these other things that you think that you'll enjoy, you still have to go through the gates of screen time, the gates of using a service of capitalism, of everything. It's so hard to check out. So the idea of like, let's talk about crafts. And, and even though we might feel really, well, I think everyone knows how strongly we feel about the climate right now. Um, and I think a lot of our, our listeners feel the same way. And at least we hear that. Um, but it still just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel like we had joy to share or like, I don't know. We had work to do. We that's sure what it felt like. Well, and like, that's the thing is like, we poured our energy and our, our, our free time into fundraising or organizing or bringing out visibility that was ne necessary. I'm actually like, <clears throat> excuse me, after Thanksgiving, I'm going to go basically honorary Georgian. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just going to do whatever I can to like, make sure Georgia manages their Senate race and, then, and everyone, you know, that the runoff is successful. That, I'll put it that way. I'm not trying to steer it. I just hope that people are involved. Yep. And I think, yeah, this is this is us coming up for air. Yes. I think a lot of people did this. I think a lot of people like dove in hard, did a lot of work. Um, and now they're kind of coming up for air, resurfacing, and they're going to dive back in um, to try to be supportive of the efforts to, you know, get out the vote in Georgia, which I think um, is also really important work. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to say something about that because I, I don't think, I don't know if anybody even noticed that we weren't podcasting, um, <laughs> right? Because other people might have been doing their work too. But uh, I noticed it. I noticed the gap and it felt like, like it needed to happen. But, what did you say? like amongst the other podcasts you listen to as well? Um, just, well, I think a lot of other podcasts that I, I've heard about um, or listened to kind of um, pivoted also, right? Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the things that I listened to were either about this or like I actually, one of the podcasts that I listened to quite a bit leading up to this for my own um sort of, I don't want to say distraction, but for my own, like, thinking about something different, <laughs> I'm not sure, I'm not sure it was a healthy choice, but I listened to a podcast called Dictators, and it was about, I, I listened to that one too, yeah, okay, go ahead, 
Yeah, and it was it was about um, various different dictators throughout time, and they sort of did it. They do the podcast in sort of clusters of three. So the first three were dictators associated with um, World War Two. So Benito Mussolini, um, Adolf Hitler, and Joseph Stalin. Um, and then they they go into other um, historical times as well. Um, and honestly, I think it was sort of like why people watch horror movies. Like they watch horror movies in order to feel safe, which I know is a very bizarre idea, but that's kind of what I was doing listening to a dictator's podcast is like ensuring somehow that I didn't let it happen to me when I didn't notice. I felt... I couldn't make it past the first episode, personally. But I'm interrupting because I'm like about to like project all my bullshit on it. But like, continue. Go ahead. No, I mean that's all I was gonna say. So I, I would be interested to hear, you know, what about it was. Hard. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. This working out right before recording a podcast is a bad idea, guys. <laughs> I sound like I got the COVID. It sounds bad. Um, sounds like you just drank a bunch of milk. Yeah, it sounds like I literally chugged milk before this. Um, but uh, now the first episode, and it's been a while. It was over the summer that I had been introduced to it, I think. Um, and a couple of my ex-coworkers, like former coworkers, who I really respect their opinions and I respect their views on things. And when they posted in their Instagram stories, like, you must listen to this. I was like, well, I align with those people. I should listen to it. And for me... The hardest part was getting past the sensationalism. Sure. It was the way it was produced, like it was wonderfully produced, like great audio quality, lots of interesting um, content to start. But for me, it just felt a little too um, sided. It wasn't as fully um, cooked, I guess. It was just very sensational and it scared me. It gotcha. scared me. I can see, I can see that. Absolutely. It, it made me feel more helpless. And I was like, this is not uh, health because listening to this is making me feel like I identify with some of these people who are like, I'm unsure about these times and I don't know what's really happening. And it just made me like over identify. So when you mentioned like sometimes people watch scary movies because they want to feel safe. I never feel sca- safe watching scary movies at all. <laughs> I just get myself. <laughs> So this is kind of the same thing. And I'm definitely a doom scroller. I read the New York Times every morning. I I know I hurt myself. I absolutely play myself all day. So like this was like, oh, I played myself again. And I wasn't ready for this. Like, oh, that was tough. It was tough for me. But I it was a while ago, so I can't fully weigh in on other episodes or anything. I thought the production quality was great, but I just felt it was a little sensational. And I just had this feeling of like, it was insulating, it was causing a more insular bubble. Like, I feel like more and more as I, as this election went on, I just felt more and more insulated and getting less and less other opinions and less and less other viewpoints. And then go dig for that in other places, which is really weird to try, but I, I would go to Fox news to like, see what they thought of the polls and things like that. So it's just kind of, it's been, um, yeah, dictators didn't help me. I'll Fair. <laughs> Fair. All right, I'm laughing because I don't know how to end this. Continue. Well, and we're back. <laughs> Sorry, the, the sound quality is a little different. I didn't put in my headphones earlier, so now y'all are getting this. Okay. I think I think it's good. Um, 
So one of the things that I wanted to make sure that we covered today is that it was Miranda's birthday two days ago. Oh. <laughs> I am old as shit. I'm Incorrect. 38. Yeah, I'm, I'm older than you. Uh, but I am now in that place when someone's like, oh, I'm in my 30s. I'm like, I'm in my mid to late 30s. <laughs> I'm dating a guy who's 32. And he said something. He was talking about something. And then he was like, well, you know, she's like 40. And I was like, I just gave him the space like, ah! and he, he was like, I know. And I was like, oh, ah! <laughs> and I think it was on my birthday. He said it to my oh. face. Oh. And I was like, I was like, hey. Hey, you're here for me right now. You're not talking about everybody else. But I was like, I am old. Oh. But you know, 38's like the new 16. It's like no big deal. <laughs> um, I, I think I told you this that my my department chair told me, I can't remember when, years ago, that every time she gets older, and crazy, she's like a department chair, right? So she is definitely a person who is like an extrovert. She is you know, interested in talking to people and that kind of thing. So she's, she's that type of person. And what she said to me, she's like, yeah, I just turned 50 and it's great. And I also feel like when I turned 40, that was great. Nice. Bad about getting older, but the older I get, the better I am at stuff. Like I'm not the same crappy person that I want. I'm, I'm not as confused and like, unsure of myself as I was when I was 20. You know, I'm, I'm, I am growing and developing into a better person as time goes on. And I was like, that's awesome. That's great. That is great. No, I, and I, I loved your chair. Your, your chair is great. Um, I love her so much. She's effing fantastic. I love that we like went to her house and partied that night. It was really cool. Um, um, I will say my department chair hit her stride in like 1986. And that vibe is still there. Strong. <laughs> Strong. It's building. And she was like, guess what? If I wait long enough, this haircut's coming right back. And it sure <laughs> so, did. Sure did. Everyone's getting shags now. <laughs> Hers is a little curlier, but you know, it's still, it is what it is. But, um, I'm not like mad about getting older. I've actually always wanted to get older. I have always wanted to be older for all my life. And now that I think I wanted to be older up until like 35. And then when I hit 36, I stopped for uh, remembering what my age was. Like, so at 36, I was like, I'm 35. And it was like, you're 36, honey. And then like one day I was doing something and uh, Christopher, my ex was like, oh, the code to the garage is this. Plus the age you always think you are. <laughs> and, I <was> like, <laughs> and I was like, 36? He's like, yeah, you always think you're 36. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. But you're right, I do. So I just kind of like forget. I think after 35, I kind of forgot what it was. But 38, for some reason, is kind of, because we're in a pandemic. And like, I think everyone's doing so much screen time. And they're seeing themselves. And they're comparing themselves to everybody. Like, I just had this feeling of like, Oh God, I'm 38. And I, I'm not allowed to say like, you know, dumb phrases that other younger people use. And I'm like, nah, fuck this. I'm going to do it anyway. But I don't know. The I just, thing that made me sad about my age is that I had a fucking landmark birthday this year. I turned 40 and 
I got to celebrate with like three people. And I was salty as shit. I'm a Leo. I want <laughs> big nonsense for my birthday. Island, it's going to take us a whole year to get enough fireworks, okay? Like, just, <laughs> just wait. You know, I, I feel like this, I think the trend is going to be make up for lost time as soon as this vaccine gets big enough. As soon as we have enough immunity, people are going to lose their shit. Wild out. <laughs> like, divorces coming in strong. Marriages falling apart. Like, I, I feel like people are going to, like, we're going to have a rise in so many other things <laughs> because people are just going to wild out. So I do think that it's going to be a little bit more of like a, your birthday was, was shitty for like two years in a row. Cause you were in February or something. Well, guess what? You're making up for lost time this year. Like we're, we're going to Cabo. Like it's going to be crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. That's the shit that's going to happen. I swear to God. I'm, I'm excited. There's a little part of me that's like, I'm excited. But now that I'm 38, hangovers like that aren't cool. So like, no, it's not fun anymore. So you know what I'm thinking about when I rage the next time, like out in public with people I don't know, I'm going to pay for that weird IV service where they come and fix you the next day. (laughs) That's how I'm going to wild out. (laughs) You know what you might consider? It did not work for me, but Pat thought it was great. There is a little, um, like little thing you can buy. I want to say it's called like pre pre wine or pre, I can't remember the name of it, but I'll chaser. I'll, I'll they had one and you drink it before you go out and it's got like some raisin derivative, whatever. It didn't do shit for me, but Pat took one placebo went out the next no no mm -mm. he should have been hurting the next day and i was but he was fine and it worked for him we bought like a little six pack or a 12 pack or something on online and uh it never did anything for me but for him he was like and i was like i hate you i hate oh my god so um, I I'll link it in the show notes. Um, but you might consider that. The IV service definitely is, at works. this point, we've probably all um, been able, like, you know what's coming. This can be part of your party planning savings. You, did it, you know how to, you're going to budget, right? You're going to budget to wild out. Now and then, yeah. Go get me some plan B. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was trying to see if I could make you spit your beer out. <laughs> All over my keyboard that you know only marginally works anyway. I was just like, I was like, what can I say to make her just fucking lose it? <laughs> you got close. I got real close. You did yeah. it though. You were like, eh, I saw this one coming, you gross bitch. Anyways, um, <laughs> no one's surprised. Um, but like... No, I, I think I will save for the IV service, especially because do you remember that one time we got patches? Was that you that I got those oh, like yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Well, I forgot what they're called, like first aid something, but it's hangover. Like a vitamin B complex <laughs> patch. <laughs> I definitely it did shit for me, did, nothing. did nothing. And then so I heard twice, like <laughs> I felt bamboozled and I was hungover. And then the third thing that sucked is like when I took it off, it looked like I had a nicotine problem. 
I was just like, and they said to put it on a fatty part of your body, so I put it on my boob. <laughs> Terrible decision. <laughs> Terrible decision. <laughs> it was the worst idea I've ever had. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if it was my idea. Someone else. I'm pretty sure that we've had worse ideas. <laughs> Island 2020 is the year to have some bad ideas. So, like, I don't know. They weren't the worst. Anyways. That worst. was so funny, though. I'm so glad someone made money. I'm, just take your money straight to the bank, laughing all the way at yeah. my idiocy for laughing ever thinking. Fine. <laughs> I'm it's fine with it. The comedic value is worth it. Okay. Um, I've, I've gone, we've gone very far off topic. Way off east. <laughs> We're over there now. We're over there. Um, shall we talk about works in progress? Sure. So I actually... How Midwestern of us when we're always like, oh, do you want to talk about the reason our podcast exists? Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but only if you want to, though. Only if you no ask. Pressure. No pressure at all. Just, you know, if you're asking, I'll share. But you just, <laughs> you tell me when. Get <laughs> <Hit> it. <laughs> so uh, I had, this is also part of the reason I'm a little um, loopy right now, is that uh, I was on service in the hospital from November 1st through November 12th. No days off. <laughs> Just oh boom. my gosh. I so didn't know that. This past weekend was my first weekend off. And on that weekend off, I finished a bunch of whips. So I had um, made a pair of mitts and actually I'm making a, a second pair for myself by which I mean uh, I've been working on this for approximately a year and a half so I started making a pair of mittens for myself these are the overberry mitts from pom pom quarterly it's their it was their very first um, issue which they then revamped for their fifth anniversary. And that's the copy I have because I, I didn't know that Pom Pom existed when they first started. So it's the Overbury Mitts by Lydia Gluck, who is one of the co-founders of Pom Pom. And I am making them in a leftover partial skein I had of, um, what is this? This is Plucky Knitter, Plucky Feet. Um, and it's, I'm kind of embarrassed about this. Um, the color is called little, I don't know if it's Riata or Rita, but it's spelled R-E-A-T-A. -A, and it's based on a character from a movie that I know I should have watched, but I have also forgotten what it is. I had to like Google it. Um, and I can't remember if it's like, it's not Rebel Without a Cause. It's, I can't remember. Anyway, so the mitts, the Overbury mitts are uh, fingerless mittens with a flip top, which is my most favoritest type of mitten. And if you live in the Midwest, you know the value of a flip top mitten because gloves are bullshit. They're pain. Mittens are what you want. However, sometimes you have to sneak your fingers out to like get your credit card out of your wallet or whatever. So these have a little flip top and they have a nice little detail. So instead of having like plain ribbing, they have like a little slip stitch ribbing detail. That's cute. Mm -hmm. That's cute. Yeah. 
So I started these maybe a year ago. Um, and then I set them aside uh, for no clear reason. And then um, my friend Reggie that you've met um, yeah. from, from Michigan, Reggie um, had made a joke about wanting um, flip top mittens. And I was like, Reggie, you can't make jokes like that to a person who crafts because otherwise they will make it make the thing that you want. Um, and he's like, no, I'm serious. But like, you know, he's, he's a very, uh, he's got really big hands. And mm -hmm. so he never finds anything that fits him. And I was like, we can fix that problem. So awesome. I made him a pair of the same ones um, in Michigan Wolverine colors. So it was like a navy and then a yellow color block and then a navy. Um, I'm sorry, maize and blue. Excuse me. Correct yourself. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so I finished those. Um, and then I also darned my favorite mittens that I had made several years ago, but that had gotten like a hole in the thumb and it kind of worn thin. Um, and I think the only other thing, oh, I finished, uh, this is super embarrassing, a sweater that I started two years ago, but had been delaying on the seaming. I seamed the last seam in like 30 minutes and I was like what the fuck is wrong with me I love when there's like something that you put off for years and then it took you less than an hour <laughs> and I posted this on my Instagram feed I was like my fa so the mittens that I darned those had been my favorite mittens they're made from this really nice yarn by sincere sheep it's like botanically dyed um an eco-friendly process and the yarn itself is uh Polwarth wool and silk so it has this nice sheen I had made these um, mittens called the hiero mittens so they had a nice little uh, bobble and cable pattern in the back they were gorgeous and then I got the hole in the thumb and I was like well I don't want to keep wearing them with the hole because I don't want the hole to get bigger so for a year and a half I didn't wear those mittens and I did the seat I, I did the repair on them uh over the weekend in like 25 minutes and i was that's like, embarrassing it's not it's it's not embarrassing it's just it is embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> i just like that you're like and i knew better <laughs> that's the funny thing exactly like what you're saying is that like i looked at the hole and i knew that it was only um it was a single stitch on two rows. So it wasn't even like I had to do like some complicated like pre-patterning of the thread to like figure out the pattern. It was something that even somebody like me who has very poor visuospatial skills could figure out how to do. And I still dragged my feet on it. I think because I, I wasn't confident that I could do it well. When I went back to do the repair, it took so little time but I had been dreading it the whole time and and I, the funny here's the here's the really fucked up part right I'm a psychiatrist so I think about human behavior all the time and I'm a neuroscientist so I think about how the brain functions literally all the time and I know that there is a reward that you get from procrastinating and I know that when you obey your anxiety 
and avoid things that make you anxious, it feels good in the moment, but it makes the anxiety bigger the next time because you basically taught your brain that it was correct to be anxious about that thing in the first place. And so continuing to avoid things that make you anxious only makes the anxiety bigger the next time you have to face it. And I know this and I did it anyway. <laughs> That's the worst part. <laughs> I mean, I am a terrible self-sabotager. Like I am awful at everything when it comes down to it. And like, I saw a really great meme the other day. It's actually like a TikTok. This girl, like she plays the, the piano and sings along to stuff. I, I hope she's your gold star because she's awesome. She's, she's your gold star? Because she's my gold. She's no, one of my gold stars. I was going to say, I hope she's yours. She's, she is one of them. Um, And she's so great. Today she posted one that was like, I have so much to do, but it looking like nap time, looking like nap time. And I was like, it's me. <laughs> And I was like, oh, she's so good. <laughs> Anyways, but that's, it, it's true. Like, I I remember during the start of the pandemic, I was like, well, from four to six, I nap now. That's what I do. Because <laughs> my body was like, shut down. Like, don't do it. And it does just build your anxiety. It just builds your your worry. And it makes everything seem insurmountable. It's just wild. Um to try to fight it because your body feels so exhausted at the time kind of thing. But same with the reason that you procrastinate because you know, what feels really good scrolling on Instagram. You know, it doesn't feel good answering this email that only takes a few minutes, not even minutes, seconds, stupid. So yeah. stupid. I'm guilty of this completely. Anyways. So you knew this and your darning took a very little time. <laughs> Honestly, if I had been focused the whole time, it probably would have taken me like 10, 15 minutes. It only took me longer than that because I was like, you know, petting the cat and, you know, choosing what I was going to watch on TV when I was done and whatever. Anyway, so so those are my works in progress. I'm continuing on my overberry mints for myself. And um, my final procrastination thing that I really need to... I don't need to, I want to, I want to finish, is the penny cardigan that you bought me as a kit for my birthday last year. So I have knit all the pieces and I have woven most of the pieces. So now I just need to actually seam the thing together. Okay. And uh, I am procrastinating on that like everything else. Ah! <laughs> I'm giggling because I'm just like, uh-huh. Uh -huh. How about you? Um, all right. I am trying to think, I'm trying to pull up something so I, I can be sure to gold star it. Um my my works in progress are um turning 38. And <laughs> I love I'm, that every work in progress. I am a work in progress. Um no, uh I feel like every single time we do a recording, I was like, well, let me tell you about how I work too much. Um, I actually, though, just had my line review for fall 2021. Um, I had that on Monday, also on my birthday, and it went really well. But I have been in a mad scramble because also I can't manage my time very well. And so my development went out late. And I tell everybody who will listen because I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe I pulled this off. But um, I've had an amazing amount of help trying to get it done. So I'm, I'm super happy with it, but it is, 
I'm, I'm just going to show you, Island, so that you know what I'm dealing with. This is my table. Oh, my. Yeah, I'll take a that photo of not, this later. That is not standard Miranda. That no. is a lot of piles of fabric. And denim samples and different versions. And I'll take a photo to give everyone anxiety. We'll take really cute photos for the initial <laughs> post. And then if you scroll, you'll get to like the scary part where I am just like, um, and it's just been nonstop since. So I've not really done a whole lot of stuff, but I did do something that I thought was kind of cool a couple weeks ago with my friend, Sarah. Um, we did a, we have a standing date to hang out kind of thing in a socially distanced manner. So it's either outside, but now that it's getting colder, we'll, we're doing an inside, uh, more than six feet apart, windows open, masks on. Like we were really careful about this at the moment. I'm, I'm probably going to second guess that this next time, but we did that earlier. So like the, our next one's coming up and we, we might pass on it just because the cases are so high and I just don't think it's a good idea, but I really appreciate having a big table. You saw how big my table is. She could sit on one end. I sat on the other end and we, we kind of held ourselves to crafts. So she made a, a Halloween costume. She was the sun. Um, Cause her and her family were going to be the sun, moon and stars. Super cute. It was so great. And then I actually finally embroidered a pendulum mat. Um, yeah. And I don't know what that is. Please tell. Well, it's okay. So this is kind of a weird thing. And I, I'm sure there's other people who know more about pendulums than I do. But pendulums are, it's, uh, there's very famous people who have found oil, water um, with dowsing. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's called dowsing. Sometimes it's called a pendulum but it's supposed to be a way of checking energy. It's like related to your own biometric activity or bio, uh, like, like I'm trying to figure out the right, it's like, it's your own energy also. Plus when you're near something that what you're looking for risk makes a dowsing rod or a pendulum move. And some people ask yes or no questions with pendulums. Um, and other people like, kind of connect i guess some people say that's kind of like a, a talking board or a ouija board you can talk to other spirits and stuff um i've never got any of them to work i've bought three pendulum two pendulums outright that i'm like oh this is it this is the one i even bought are you ready for the story this is a good one it's a doozy i'm in <laughs> i'm in mexico <laughs> let's start there i'm on a work trip i'm at i'm on a factory trip in puebla and I'm in Puebla, Mexico, and we go, and it's real touristy and stuff in certain places. And Puebla is like beautiful and old, and they have this whole like downtown area that's just like made for tourists. Anyways, so we go there because all the, my coworkers want to go. And while we're walking around this little like mall, I see this one tiny little stall with a man with just pendulums, tons of pendulums, but they're almost all of this kind of like, um, it's called Dalmatian something. It's it's like a black and white stone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, can I stop? Can I buy something? And I start talking to the guy and he's blind. And so I was like, of course you're blind. Of course you're selling me pendulums, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not speaking in Spanish. My coworker's speaking in Spanish for me. And I was like, I'm going to get this one. And she was like, oh, he says, you know how to pick your pendulums. I was like, this blind man is probably not blind. And he probably tells everybody this. Like, it's hilarious to me. But I like, I, I keep going into these emotional places of buying pendulums. And they never speak to me. 
like you're supposed to ask them if they're going to cooperate with you. And every time they shake, no. So it's hilarious that I keep buying it and it goes, oh, no. that's hilarious. It's not yeah. that it doesn't work. It's that it refuses. Not for me. It declines. It opts out. This um this woman that I, I've followed and listened to for a long time, she her name's uh, Miss Cat at Lucky Mojo Curio Company. She said, she's like 76. And she was like, anytime you talk to a pendulum, you, and this is not how her accent sounds at all, but she's from Oakland. She does not have this accent. But she was like, Anytime you talk to a pendulum, you ask it, are you going to be a good little pendulum today? And you, and it'll tell you if it's going to work for you or not. Every single time it says no. Every every time I ask, it's a solid no. Well, a few, you know, recently, the reason I finished my pendulum mat, I went to uh, the Hoodoo Heritage Festival online to like, just hear oh, some new classes. The last time that you went, I think. Yeah. I went in like April of like 2018, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe it was 2019. I can't remember. But anyways, I went to the physical one and this one was online this year. And mm-hmm. they had this old British man who was so old and so like shaky and weird. And he was teaching everyone pendulum work. <laughs> and I was like, of course, this is happening on Zoom. And I finally got a pendulum to say yes and to work with me. It was the only time it's ever happened in years of like my spiritual bullshit. And I have Grandma Marge's stitch counter. Yes. You've passed that to me after you finished a blanket for our cousin Molly's uh, baby. Little girl, yeah. Yeah. So I have her stitch counter. And I never thought of it being a pendulum, but this guy, this old man was like, your keys can be a pendulum, your wedding ring can be a pen- anything on a string or anything that hangs, that's free hanging. So I was like, well, let me, let me talk to Grandma Marge. And she's got some funny answers. So some, it's, it, if it's Grandma Marge, cool. It could be another spirit. I don't know. But the point is, is that um, it got me interested. So I decided to embroider this pendulum mat because I finally felt like pendulums were working with me. So tell me what is that's the, a long story. What is the pendulum mat though? Because I don't I can understand the, the concept of like what the pendulum is doing, but why the mat? Apologies. I I will I did not clarify that. Um the pendulum mat, you actually technically don't need it because you should have your own system with every pendulum that it moves one way means yes. Another way means no. If it goes in a big circle, that means something. And it's kind of like you should know your own language. But if you make a pendulum mat, some people go as far as to make um, they'll do like a whole dial, like almost like a sundial or a pie with areas that say yes, no, maybe. Or they'll have letters, almost like a Ouija board so that you can like ask for the spelling of something. Um, I have not, I am not that nuanced at all. I'm not that aware, but, um, so my pendulum mat is just a circle because generally a pendulum will move around in a circle or back and forth or side to side. And then I put arrows. I, I embroidered arrows in each direction plus, um, directional arrows. Cause if it goes clockwise, that means one thing. If it goes counterclockwise, that means another thing. So in my, my pendulum, when I asked yes and no is up and down. No is side to side, like left to right. And if it goes clockwise, it means I don't know. If it goes counterclockwise, it means I don't want to tell you. And so I made a pendulum mat. I embroidered this 
The reason I wanted to do it though, is that it's kind of like, it's kind of like going to church. You go into church because you're going to pray. You're going to go into church because you're going to sing hymns. You're going to be with community. You're going to do things. It's a ritual. Same with like, if you, uh, if you read tarot cards, you shuffle your deck while you're thinking about the questions or your friend's questions. Or if you um, meditate, you usually sit down in a quiet place to do it. So it's just kind of a making the pendulum mat would put me in a place of I'm doing this right now and I'm not doing a million other things. So it's just, sorry, that's the whole reason I think people make anything to um, qualify or validate their moment in time. Like, so that's kind of why I did it. That was a, this is the longest drawn out thing to tell you that I literally embroidered near nothing on a piece of linen. <laughs> I'm going to take a photo and everyone's going to be like this. Okay. Okay. But the reason I bring all this up is that, and I think it's actually very thematic. Like it fits into our theme. I've been working on this pendulum mat for two years. Oh. And then when my friend Sarah came over and she was sewing up her costume, by the way, she finished her costume while I was just like literally embroidering a circle. Um, it was just fascinating. Me. She just, she can whip stuff out super fast. She's just super talented, but I love that it actually didn't take me that long to finish embroidering this thing. I'm so embarrassed at how long I put it off. Cause I was like, well, I'm going to have to clear the table and then I'm going to have to do this. And then I'm going to have to have the right lighting. And I didn't. Oh my God. I could have just done it so fast. Although I so, will say, so this is something that, and this is again, just cause I've been on service for a for a while now. Um, I remind the, the people that I train that like when you're working with somebody they are going to change on their schedule. They are not going to change on your schedule. And if it took you two years to make that mat, then that's how long it had to take, right? Like it took me a year and a half to fix those mittens. And that's how long it took me, right? Because I, I decided other things were more important or I was too anxious to force myself to face whatever it was I needed to face. And it's not so dissimilar from that one. I don't know if we ever shared this on our, I think we didn't share it on our Instagram, but there's this one Erica Badu video where a woman had asked her, you know, I, if I should, um, if she should like, you know, throw her boyfriend's, her ex-boyfriend's stuff out the window or if she should set it on fire or call him every day. And Erica Badu was like, sure, if that's what you need to do. If you need to call him every day and act the fool for however long, that's what you need to do. And you do what it is you need to do until you don't need to do it anymore. Or in this case, you need to, that the time that it takes for you to make the thing is the time that it takes for you to make the thing. I love that. That's a very, very good point. I, whew, I don't want to accept it, but it is, yeah, do it as, whenever it gets done is when it gets done. I love and that. there are reasons for that. And maybe someday you will decide that you want to think about what those reasons were and change them. Or maybe you don't. You know? Agreed. Agreed. Um, so that was my thematic uh, project that actually got done. But I just have to laugh at the idea that I that it took me so long to approach it. And then it took someone coming to my house in a very scary social distance way 
to be inspired enough to finish and then just be like, oh, okay. <laughs> but also, like, I had to get into pendulums again. I kind of, like, tarot cards are my thing right now. And I've been reading tarot cards since I was, like, 13, 14. Like, I've been messing with that stuff for a long time, so I feel really strongly about it. Pendulums? I don't know. They seem kind of far out there. I know that sounds silly to say that. <laughs> they seem far out there, but it just took me a minute to get involved. So, yeah. That is a long-winded response. So, I'm good here. <laughs> Shall we move on to our gold stars? We should. I'm still looking up the name of the girl that I love so much. And I'm worried. I'm on my computer and I don't know if I can find it in time. Well, I um, certainly can get started with my gold okay. star. Let's do it. So my gold star for, you know, the last several months is um, a Melbourne-based art. I should, I should probably try to pronounce it more correctly. Melbourne, Melbourne-based artist, um, Chili Philly. Bill Ferguson. I think I've shown this. To, you may have been the person, Miranda, who shared Chili Philly with me. But uh, Chili Philly is spelled C-H-I-L-I-P-H-I-L-L-Y. And they are a crochet artist. And when I say artist, I am in no way exaggerating. So Chili Philly makes these amazing crochet pieces like oh amazing uh, pieces uh okay garment. i don't think i i don't think i brought this to you i think that you found this on your own well, oh my goodness I'm gonna, I'm gonna share it with you i'm um, excited <laughs> oh my goodness so the reason that so again i don't really under well if it wasn't you then i don't know who it was that shared chili philly with me but chili philly uh they tend to make garments that are food-based although not entirely, not always, but it's mostly food-based and it's all crochet um, and it is fantastic. And they just had um, a collaborative project with Kentucky Fried Chicken where they <laughs> came up with um, Kentucky Fried Chicken um, patterns that you can get for, uh, some of the patterns are free on Ravelry. Oh, you know what? Sorry, I did show you this one, but oh. I didn't see the helmet. That's amazing. Okay. I didn't see the helmet part. That's yeah, amazing. So okay. uh, the KFC collaboration that they have is um, a KFC uh, jumper. So like a striped jumper that matches the KFC bucket, a pattern for a KFC bucket, and then a pattern for um, chicken legs. I guess drumsticks. <laughs> Sorry, it's so great. So cute. And I think honestly, the part that really gets me the most about this artist is that they have all these Instagram videos where they show you like whatever piece it is that they've crocheted. And then they just have this dance where they just shimmy their shoulders, <laughs> but do not move their facial expression at all. So their facial expression is just like, the tiniest of duck lips, not exaggerated, but just the tiniest duck lip, and then a shimmy. And a circle. And it's oh. the funniest shit. <laughs> like, every single time. So, like, if you look at their Instagram, they have um, pieces where they have made um, a sweater and a headpiece that make them look like a uh, 
thing of uh, McDonald's fries. Um, so good. They have a banana hat. They have a watermelon hat. They have uh, a ramen noodle bowl upside down hat. Oh my gosh, I've never <laughs> seen. Oh my god, I just, I just lost my shit right there. Holy moly! Oh my so, god, that is so good. Mm. So that, um, that is my gold star. Chili Philly brightens my day, um, and is actually like a good crochet designer. So it's not it like when you look at it, it's not just um, this is a funny thing, but they have constructed something that is visually interesting and that stands up on its own. And it's so it's cool. So great. I'm just looking at their Instagram right now and I'm like the drumsticks with smiley faces in the bucket. Oh, I can't yeah. do it. Also like, this is another thing that I think is really sweet because things like KFC are huge in the world. Like people don't know this, but like if, um, until you like travel and leave the U S like we love KFC, like Americans love fried chicken. But it is one of the most popular franchises in the rest of the world. It is, like, huge in Saudi Arabia. It's huge within um, Southeast Asia and Northern Asia. Like, it is everywhere. So I feel like this is weirdly a very um, understandable and, uh, I don't know, unifying craft. <laughs> well, and I will – here's the other thing that really stands out to me is that in the United States – I don't think of KFC as being particularly um, transgressive. That's not really, you know, it's not counterculture. But KFC entered into uh, a collaborative project where they paid a, a person of color who is non-binary to generate these patterns. And I, that is something that I quite honestly did not see KFC doing. Um, and it's a new day. It's a new damn day. It's, I love it. I'm so into it. Also, I'm kind of like all these places will have more money than God. So yeah, share the wealth, get, get this involved. Like, you know, get that artist that money. Heck yes. Also like artists are reflections of society. So without art, we don't actually process what the fuck is going on. Bam. I said it. Thank you. Art school and all your loans. (laughs) Um, <laughs> all right, so I'm, I'm ready with my gold stars. I'm going to start with an, an intense one. Okay. And then I'm going to ride the roller coaster with y'all and we're going to finish on a high note. <laughs> so the first one is actually something I have yet to listen to. However, the reason I want to talk about it today is that my coworkers and I discussed it today. There is a podcast from the New York times and the makers of cereal called nice white parents. And I think that there's a lot of podcasts out there. Like the fact that we talked about dictators today, I was like, you know what? That one can be real intense. It's good. It's informative. But nice white parents is a reflection of a whole lot of white people. And have you listened to it, Island? I have not. But I've I've heard about it. Um, According to all my white coworkers, it was cringeworthy the whole way through because they saw a very, very sharp mirror of themselves. And a lot of stuff. And so I feel like if there was ever a time to reconnect to your activism and your anti-racist behavior, Nice White Parents came out in August, I think, or actually July. Um, If you don't have something to listen to or you've been like, I just feel like people have been slacking off. I think like people got real caught up in the election and themselves and 
this is just like, it's something I want to do. I want to listen to this. The amount of conversation I had today with my teammates about it was really great and great and scary. It was intense, but I think nice white parents has been a, it's like, I think a five part series. And, um, that's very doable. It's doable. And on top of that, everyone says it, that they produced it in a way that makes you want to keep listening. Cause you're like, Oh my God, cringe, cringe. Oh no. But it just keeps going and going. So, um, Anyways, as we, as the, as the dust settles around this election, we have to remember where we are and how we're doing things and how we treat others. And also like, as, as someone who's very liberal and left, left of center, I have to be really careful about my white saviorism. And this is like a really good podcast for that. Okay. I'll stop. That's my like intense, intense moment, but I really recommend it. Um, and I recommend it only because I just saw the reactions from it. I get to even listen to it myself. That's amazing. My second gold star, which is probably like the real gold star, because like one is like me telling people to do things because I need to do it. But <laughs> the one the one that I think is like, this is going to make your day is Tima likes music on Instagram. Tima, um, they produce like a really funny um, almost like soft R&B jams that last less than a minute. And they're just about like the mute button on Zoom and that it's not for decoration and that I will take all my groceries in one trip. And I'd rather like one of the one I reposted the other day is like, I'd rather break my my hips and or my legs and my hips and my feet <laughs> before I do another trip to bring all the groceries up again. Like basic everyday stuff. Tima nails it. Tima is doing amazing, really cute songs that just like they speak to everybody. It's the Seinfeld. Of, <laughs> it's the Seinfeld. It's the music. mundane shit. Yes. <laughs> it's so. It's really good. I think that I can I give a third. I want to give a third. You backed um, up. Backed up. You got to get it all out. I got to get it all out. Um, there is also. Uh, let me see. Is it Black Forager? Hold on. Do you know which one I'm talking about? No, I'm familiar with the gardener that you. Shared. Oh, this is um, the Instagram is called Black Forager. Her name's Alexis Nicole. She's in Columbus, Ohio. Her TikTok slash like uh, reels on Instagram about how she forages and cooks with like found things. Um, and she like introduces you to like how to eat acorns, how to eat ginkgo and oh, all sort of stuff. Mushrooms. Yes. Yeah, no, she's got tons of stuff, but I laugh my ass off because she is so fucking funny and so talented. And I just pray she gets a show every time she posts something. I'm like, when are you getting your show? Where can I throw the money? Where's the Kickstarter? Like, let's do right, this. I'm, I'm following her now. I have not seen. I think that so the, the reason that she didn't come to my attention is because I am not a vegan and she mm. is a vegan forager um, yep. and a vegan cook. So that may be why it didn't pop up, but cool. Um, but she is amazingly entertaining, but informative at the same time. Like, I can't believe that I didn't know you could eat acorns. I didn't know that. And she tells you how to do it, but she also just brings it back to life. It's great. So anyways, I'm a huge fan. Those are my two Instagrams I'm obsessed with right now. And I would say that the podcast, if you want to feel your feels, 
listen to that. But in the meantime, if you're trying to escape your feels and learn something in a different way, um, Team Alike's music and Black Forager are awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And of for course, sharing. Chili Philly. Chili Philly is pretty great. I just started following Chili Philly immediately <laughs> after we talked. So delightful. So good. All right. Well, yeah. It was good catching up with you. It was wonderful. And I can't wait to hear from listeners. And thanks, guys, for being patient with us. Yes, of course. And even though we are diving back in to do more activism for the rest of the year, um, I think we're going to be doing more podcasting as well because I think we have a little more mental space for it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, I don't want to say like this presidency or this election series have or uh, season has caused me to like go into a deep dark hole and then come back out, but it has a little bit. And I think I've recognized that. And now I'm hoping to level. I hope this is a life lesson I'm leveling myself yeah. instead of like being so intense all the time. This pandemic and this election cycle. Shit. I mean, I think I think it is valid during this time to have that level of intensity, and also it's not sustainable. Um, Noted. Noted. My thyroid took a fucking dive in March. <laughs> you guys, I thought I say you guys, you guys. Um, my my thyroid took such a big dive. I've never seen a chart change that dramatically in my entire time of having hypothyroidism. I was like, oh, it's my body ki- trying to trying to die, trying to kill itself. <laughs> That's cool. Like, I've just, whew, after that, I got a lesson on sleep, a lesson on eating and exercise. Holy shit. Yeah. So you, I thought it would be better after this, or during this election cycle. It wasn't. So I'm going to have to go get my thyroid checked again. But, you know, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, Take care of yourselves. Please do. Thanks, yeah. guys, for being patient. And we'll talk to you soon. Yay! Bye! Bye!